Hi, Anne. Can I please ask for your advice about something very personal? It is about getting into my menopause and not really finding my husband or my sexuality very pleasurable. How do I go about that? Yeah. That was a message I got from a lady not that long ago. And I really wanted to make this episode so that I can not just answer her from a wider perspective, but really go into her issues with such compassion, such understanding, such reverence, such honoring uh, of her mavenhood, which is the word that Lisa Tosha, my today's guest, has introduced. And I'm definitely, definitely loving the idea of having pleasure on tap, you know, having that succulency of maidenhood, which is coming from the experience, coming from loving myself. And and I hope my lady who messaged me will also get so inspired by Lisa and this discussion today. So welcome. My name is Anne Blunt, your tantric sex and relationship coach and the host of this open and honest, very explicit podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. Where's the juice now? That's the question we are going to discuss with amazing Lisa Tosha from all the way from Australia. Welcome, Lisa. How are you today? <laughs> well, always better after having a chat with you, and It's like, oh, what are we going to talk about today? So I'm kind of excited. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that. Juice is a wonderful topic to speak about. <laughs> well, that came to, from you. That's not my invention. So tell me, where's the juice? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that, I mean, I use the word juice all the time, like it's juicy or I'm feeling juicy or not juicy. But there's this thing of, um, and I've actually feel this like throughout my whole life because basically about 25 years ago I bought this book called um a succulent woman or something like that by Sark and I chose that word succulence as the word of the year I think I must have been about 25 or something like you know quite a while back I bought this book and um but I find that that's been a thread throughout my whole life whether I'm feeling like I'm juicy like I have this surplus of energy so for me it's this sense of womanliness femininity my essence that inexplicable thing that makes um, me unique, like every woman unique, like for me, that's the juice. And so am I feeling juicy or not juicy? But lately, I've been diving back into that word of succulence again, and feeling like, ooh, that I'm kind of resonating with this thing. I'm playing with this term of like succulent midlife woman now. And what does that look like? Because often, there's this thing out here that we're not supposed to be as juicy, um, or we're not portrayed as juicy or not seen as juicy as we were in decades gone past. But in fact, there are times that I'm feeling incredibly on fire, <laughs> so alive, so vital, um, and I'm loving this part of my life. So I'm really exploring that part of what does it mean to be succulent? Like it's all on the inside. I'm thinking of it as like a cactus. <laughs> the other one, a cactus holds all this juice on the inside. And I think it, requires respect and a sense of cultivation about it as well because it's like it can easily look like we're just this parched being midlife women a huge container in regards to the things that we do who we take care of the things that we're still taking care of um mm -hmm. and no one even knows about it and yet here we are trying to do things in the world as well so how do we do all that in the space of 
um, being authentic with what lights us up. So the juice. Absolutely. And it, we're not just talking about hormones here, are we? So it's not about whether you have your periods or not, whether you, no. you feel sexy or not, whether you feel that you need to be 20 something again, you know, with your Botox and silicone tits and all that. What does it actually mean to be in the middle of it and looking after things and people that people don't even realize that there is so much? It's like a network. It's not linear for a woman. When you have kids, you have maybe grandkids, you've got friends and family and parents and all that. And then you have yourself and your business, your your work, whatever you do in, in the community. So there is a mirror. There's a lot of stuff happening all the time. So where do you get that energy? Where do you get that juice? And and, and how do you how do you become succulent? I love that word. You know, succulent. I'm a succulent. Because you know, I, I've got somebody, my dear friend who teases me. She's much younger, but she teases me. You you always use the word delicious and juicy. So I'm glad there's a woman on the other side of the planet who also feels that her life is juicy, but also succulent. So let's talk about succulency. That a word? Go on, go, Lisa. Oh, Over to you. you know, well, I'm just listening to you, and I actually found myself going, "Oh my god, that feels like a lot. I need to lie down." And instantly, you know, that sense of succulence just zaps out of me, like woof, right? So, I'm sorry. But that's, no, but that's the thing, right? It, it, it's good to see it from, from a perspective because, wow, there's this and there's that and you're doing this for that person or, like you said, the business or the taking care of, that kind of thing. And so, oh, so all this expenditure of energy, you know, it's like, oof, can feel like it's being zapped from me. And it's like, well, how do I um, be present for that while also taking care of myself? So it's this sense of almost type trading, like, you know, am I expending too much energy or am I willingly expending energy as well? Because, you know, we can expend energy but completely unwillingly and then we're just like an empty tank running on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Been there, done that. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole thing about selfishly happy revolution as far as I I am concerned is that there, there is this innate... I don't know, uh, maybe not uh, a need, but it's kind of conditioning that has come from generations after generations that women look after others. We are caring. And if we're not, if we just Mm go for the business and and don't get married or don't get kids, oh, she's she's so masculine. She's so in for money and success. So there is not just titration between your own inner things about looking after yourself and the other responsibilities you might have, but it's also this kind of uh, balancing act of what is expected and and what needs to happen. If you step out of that role of what is expected as a, from a woman, it's frowned upon. So how could anybody, how could you bring back the succulency or how can you really have the juiciness on tap? <laughs> tell us, tell <laughs> oh, us, I tell us. <laughs> Juice on tap. Oh, my God, I think I'm going to quote you on that one. (laughs) I really like that. But, you know, in all seriousness, for me, um, I find that in terms of, you know, when I'm wanting something that feels kind of like over there, like all these big desires or big wants or big dreams, I feel kind of like in the distance, even though that might be close to my heart. And so there's this gap between where I am now and where it actually is. So what I have found works for me is going as slow as the very slowest part of me (laughs) in anything. 
so that I'm kind of feeling good about myself as I'm doing these tiny steps forward. So every, so literally every drop <laughs> is like is a succulent drop. So every step forward, so every ounce of energy expended forward makes a massive ripple difference towards what it is that I'm wanting to to acquire or achieve. Not even achieve, but just be. I'm more about who do I want to be in this part of my life. And that takes this enormous pressure of I've got to do this, I've got to do that. There's, you know, a 12-step process, you know, A, B, C, D. Uh, No, just no. For me, I find that quite exhausting and all I want to do is have a lie down when I hear things like that. And there's this enormous resistance that, comes within me when I feel that oh my god I've got to do all of this to even get to that and that thing necessarily isn't even a huge thing so I just no pressure like no pressure so it's all about the absolute you know millimeter type microscopic micro movements you know forward which over time accumulate to a mountain of, mm. of ways of, of changing like that's the change so I find and and they've got to be like pleasurable and doable and easy and if it's not fun I won't do it so that reminds me of yeah. the hair and the hair and the tortoise uh st- oh, yeah. children's <laughs> tail I mean can I can I become a, t- a tortoise I don't know I've always been a hair and I just go faster yeah. than I slow down fast and then I exhaust myself so I don't know if I can become a turtle you know you know but that's a, mm. that's a, that's a kind of a mm. challenge I actually need to take and what you just said there there's two things that came into my mind first of all is that there is a part of you that has the wisdom that okay it's okay to slow down. It's okay to lie down. And I'm actually not going to do that 12 point uh, to-do list. It doesn't feel good to me. And uh, and after all, there are other people who can do them. You know, what is the co-creation? How can you co-create something, which is a whether it's a family community, whether it's a business, whatever, but but so that it doesn't rest and lie on your your shoulders. And the other thing is that there is a still a massive stigma for the word no from a woman. Oh, oh, like you wouldn't believe. Even I have to regulate myself and I have to catch myself because being married to someone who's really good at resting and it took me a long time to realise that that's, that's actually a normal, functional, wonderful thing to do for your entire being as opposed to like, you know, filling in the gaps of any moment that you have, being productive, getting things done, do you know, doing this, doing that, cleaning this, um, attending to this. and. The doing, doing, doing um, is exhausting. It so is. this thing of me slowing down, like everything I've even just said to you, this is a practice moment by moment. I can easily do things really rushed, you know, but like, come on, time's a ticking, let's get to it, right? Yeah. But I've had to, not had to, but I find that my body really likes it when I slow down and I find that it gives it space to not only slow down, but it's this sense of the integration is deeper and longer lasting. So it's like, I don't have to repeat things again. It's like, Oh, I, I really got that doing it the slow, juicy way. Right. I have come from that in the past, a long time ago. Of, come on, quick, quick, quick. But it, you know, innately it's not, really what satisfies me, Mm. you know, on a deep level. 
Thank you for sharing that. And it's it's really what I take from that is also listening to your own body. How does it feel? You know, I just actually had a lady contacting me. I assume she's sort of um, mid 40s, 50s. And she was asking, I just really would love to have more sex in my life, but it feels like there isn't any juice why she didn't use that word but you know I'm just loving that word from you and I'm just wondering you having been a midwife as well when we stop having the potentiality of producing babies you know what happens in our bodies it's going to be oh fuck you know it's it's going to be non-juicy there's no succulency no desire no turn on what's happening in midlife woman what is happening? <laughs> <Not> <laughs> uh, this is happening all the time. But I feel that this time, um, it's a rite of passage. And it is a rite of passage in such a unique way for every woman, do you know? And, and it's like, and so we must walk through it. Do you know, it's going to happen anyway, however it's going to happen. And we cannot say that this is what's going to happen. It's like there's this whole circle of this could happen. Like you could have um, this sense of, like, for example, sexually, like you're feeling you're just very dry, you're not enjoying sex or low libido or super high libido. And then there's what's happening with my skin in all sorts of ways. And I'm hot, I'm cold, don't touch me, I'm prickly, I'm itchy. And how you're thinking, anxiety, depression. There's this no, like, this is how it is, do you know, um, for everybody. So it's this, we're unprepared, right? I so wonder that. Physically. Yes. So what would you teach? What would you say to Oof. prep women I, for that? Yeah. For me, um, it's funny that you say this because I was having a conversation like this but about sex education with someone because sometimes it's like they might repeat similar information. Oh, I get that and I kind of relate to that or it's like, oh, I don't relate to that and I feel that menopause is the same or midlife, perimenopause because it's a nebulous time, right? It doesn't all happen at like, 45, this is happening, 52, you know, that's your last cycle, blah, 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 postmenopausal, and then, you know, whatever. No, it doesn't work that way and life is not that way. You know, it's Mm, not compartmentalised. It's not convenient. This is a very inconvenient time. I don't, I don't know. I, I would say, I would say, I would say there's lots of women who actually celebrate the fact that they don't have to suffer from period pain anymore. So there is, there is a lot right. of, a lot of that. And there's also a lot of celebration oh. that actually maybe it's me time now because the children have uh, grown up and they can, mm. they can look mm. after themselves and, and there's no grandchildren yet and, and no kind mm. of extra responsibilities in that sense. I see lots of couples who are actually going back into that lovely uh, kind of second honeymoon phase and really invest in each other and be together. Maybe it's a a new relationship or maybe it's the same one that's been kind of rekindled back into the uh, love and and juiciness. So it's, it's just really interesting to see how 
very much what your, as you said, education prepares you, but also what your attitude is. If you think that it has to be oh. a particular way and you kind of change mm. resistance, I think it's mm. also what are you celebrating? What is a good mm. thing in your life right now? What is a good thing of being a woman in your midlife? Mm. What does it look like to you? As you say, it's mm. very nebulous time. You don't know what's happening and everybody's unique. But there is that time that you've got life experience. You've got so much experience. And talking to younger guys, desire, you know, the middle-aged women, that they are the sexiest of all because they they are so okay within their bodies and their sexuality. They know what they want and they can actually teach a thing or two to younger men. So in terms of the desire, it can be that younger women can be actually quite nervous and not knowing what what they want. And and I've 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 spoken in this um uh podcast before with somebody who said that she used to outsource as a younger woman her pleasure to a man because she didn't know what she wanted and she just assumed that men know and they just need to give her pleasure. What I'm trying to educate people is that learn through self-pleasure, learn even if you are in your uh, in a relationship, still continue your self-pleasure practice. Because again, it is that juice on tap, in my opinion, that you can really build up your energy. You can really build up your succulency. You can really build up the, the joie de vivre. You can really be and feel in into that, that what feels pleasurable to you. And because the life is hard, there's so much juggling. There's so many things that we need to do. And actually taking that time, invest the time in yourself and be with yourself, touch your body and just doesn't need to be orgasmic. It can just be pleasurable and kind of just feeling, oh, how does my skin or my breasts, you know, want to be touched? How mm. do I want to dress today? What does my body and my being really require right now? I know you really have put a lot of thought and and feeling into what does it mean to be a midlife woman? Mm. I think you call her yeah. metamorphic woman. Don't you? A metamorph because because we're going through a metamorphosis. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of that woman that you just mentioned about how does she get mm. like pleasure after feeling no pleasure? Like she's in the middle of of this metamorphosis. So she's in like the pain of oh my gosh, is this my life or I want this and I don't have that. So the pain of not having something, but feeling that it must be possible because some women do have that. So it could be possible for myself. And then how do I? that or how do I get yeah. to that so it's this thing for, so to break it down just for myself I feel that having no agenda like it's like you said the orgasm is not the is not the prize right no, that no. might be a bit of like oh it might be a bit of a cherry on top icing on the cake but it's it's not the prize do you know so I feel like Absolutely. when we take the pressure off imagine no agenda that pleasure had no agenda but pleasure itself. <laughs> oh, like the innocence of, of, you know, of teenagers just like enjoying that that sense of, ooh, what is this? You know, imagine if we could have an inquiry for ourselves. So from thinking again like about that woman, it's just really stripping back, getting present firstly what's going on, so what's going on physically, what's going on men mentally, emotionally, spiritually, essentially everything in her life. So get the what's so, what's happening in her life. And then from there, because you get some power around that sometimes. And, um, for example, like knowing where your hormones are at or knowing relationship, do you want to stay in this relationship? Do I want to be in a relationship? You know, all that kind of thing. Um, but then going, okay, 
what are the things in this time? So if I'm in my midlife and I have a moment to breathe into, oh, this could be a, a juicy time, what are the <laughs> things that I like? Or what are the things I used to like that I haven't done for a while that gave me pleasure in every aspect, including doing the things externally, but also little things like I used to like having a bath or would I like more of that? Yes, no. You can actually break it down and make it doable so that she actually has little wins. Oh, like this feels good. And sometimes in midlife, there's this sense of betrayal as well. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, it's enormous. It's enormous what can happen during this time. But yes, also what you said as well, like that beautiful time where couples like empty nesters reigniting this lovely passion. That's if they want to be together because not everybody wants to be together. Empty nesters is like, actually, we stay together for the kids and that's that. And it's like, what do you do then? However, going into the space, you know, of, of that time, they do want to be together. So just for her, it's like, oh, what is it? that is lighting me up what is it does this feel pleasurable am I leaning in or not because I find I'm either am or I'm not my body is responding to people to energy to conversations to places to food to experiences in or out all the time um but yeah for that woman it's like small wins small little things like you know the pleasure of having the most delicious tea in the most beautiful cup that could be wonderful you know that pleasure Right there. For me, for me, and I'll tell you what pleasure for me is just before coming onto this call. You know, as you know, it's a little bit crazy here, but I went downstairs to get a glass of water and I noticed that the clean glasses were dirty. And so, uh uh, no. So, a little little hack was okay, and I'm going to find the cleanest glass that I like, a glass that I like, but it has to be clean. So, I literally was doing this in the cupboard. And so it's like, oh, it's a little win for me and I'm laughing about it. But here's the thing, my whole being, I'm looking at this glass now, it's clean, the water's in it, it doesn't have any gunk on it. Yeah. <laughs> but see, it's so it's like because and it did you didn't gunk, and, and then, you didn't start, you know, washing up either. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah, kind of no, right? there's a there's no. a no there. No. No, I'm just Absolutely. taking a glass for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well it's done. simple, <laughs> this glass, but this is the thing already, it's not leaking my radiance it's not leaking my succulents it's not zapping my energy going oh look at that glass oh my god you know and, and making up a story about it exactly or some but for somebody else yeah or yes. somebody else you know getting out there saying why is the all the all the dishes you know dirty why haven't you done that and all that because you just want to have that kind of a quick win where you feel more powerful. But actually, if we if we if we think about it, really feel into that, it's more powerful to kind of own up your your stuff and kind of no, I'm owning up my no. I'm not going to do the washing up. I'm owning up that I want a clean glass, nice cl- a glass of water. I'm going to concentrate on my uh, recording of the podcast with Anne now, and that's that's me. You know, you are radiant. I I vouch for that, guys and girls out there. You know, she's amazing. You know, <laughs> I, might, I would love to put this on YouTube. So if you allow me, you know, I do. Know, show everybody. Sure. Look at her. Look at her radiance. You know how succulent she is. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's also, you know, this this kind of thing that it's so easy to go when you feel exhausted and not good about yourself. It's so easy to mm. kind of go out and project it out. Why haven't you cleaned these glasses? You know, why, you know, it's your job and I do everything here and becoming a martyr. And that's when you leak. As you, you know, I love the the phrase you said that it leaks out my vibrancy, leaks out my my succulency and juiciness and it's it's no i i want to be in this state where i feel good about myself i feel yeah. worthy of a effing clean clean glass you know <laughs> it's, it's uh, oh, i mean we can I mean... <laughs> oh my god and i've got a story for you right now about Excellent. This. Excellent. and i call it i i do this in my course but i call it the sugar bowl moment okay, okay. so let me tell you Brilliant. about this sugar bowl moment go for it <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly this. So what happened in the mornings are normally my time, like if, when everyone's asleep. I'm I'm early to rise. I actually love it. Do you know? I greet the day. I do I do my practices. Like no one's asked me to do anything. I have my cup of tea or my coffee, whatever. Right. Anyway, so I came downstairs, being happy about just that. But oh, this is my time, and I get into the kitchen. And I see this uh, by the toaster. There's this sugar bowl that someone left overnight, and just the sugar somehow was a little bit on the on the bench. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, so from this lovely space that I was coming from down the stairs, I went into absolute shittiness of like, how could someone do this? What are they doing? They know I like a clean kitchen. I feel disrespect, and on and on and on. And how could they do it? And, and Seriously, it was just spiky and prickly. These thoughts that I was having, I was projecting this all internally, mind you, downstairs. I was losing my shit. And all of a sudden, I just caught myself. I was like, what is going on, right? So so I caught myself having these these awful projections about my family. And then I just went, so I went back into my body and I was like, oh, just noticing that, you know, like I'm breathing quite heavily and I'm feeling like there's this stone in my stomach and I'm feeling like, what mm. is this? And I was connecting with my sadness and I just kind of kept going. I didn't move. I just noticed the sensations in my body. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm feeling kind of jittery, sad, angry. Like, what is that? And I kept going and I'm like, yep, I'm feeling disrespected. It's like I'm feeling like I'm being taken for granted. Oh, you don't like being taken for granted because if they loved you, they wouldn't do that. This whole thing about not being loved. And I was like, wow, I just caught this kind of thing that, you know, out of nowhere, out of a sugar bowl, I got this. And so I was able to just connect with that going, that's okay, you know, that's actually not real. It's, you know, this is what you're just making it mean. And connecting with my wound of not being part of that I don't belong anywhere and people don't really love me, all these old traumas. And giving myself just just literally touching my heart, sending myself some love, you know, I've got this, it's okay. And I found myself in that instant just kind of melting again back into myself, into the joy of how I felt as I was coming down the stairs. So this all happened in a matter of minutes, right? Yeah. So anyway, I felt this yummy, beautiful juiciness again as so I had my cuppa and I was just laughing at myself. And so when my husband came down the stairs, you know, after I don't know how many hours later, I said, you wouldn't believe what happened this morning. Like I, I told him about the sugar bowl moment and he just laughed. He said, oh, and sort of said, oh, I'm glad I wasn't there when, you know, you really, you know, were blasting, <laughs> blasting your thoughts. <laughs> I'm really glad 
about that too. And then it was so beautiful because as I was sharing this whole story, I remember he just looked at me and he said, you know, I just love it when you're gooey. Because I said, I feel more stuff. He goes, I love it when you're gooey. I'm like, yeah, the gooey is where the magic is. And I thought, wow, do you know? Like just it was so simple, but we all had these sugar bowl moments, right? I hope you have framed the sugar bowl somewhere visible. (laughs) You know, you've celebrated, you made it into an altar. (laughs) I took a photo. Because that, 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 is, oh. that is amazing, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's really that kind of, uh, I want to celebrate that understanding and, and how you self-regulated within just minutes. You became aware what was going on and how you were going to go into the old wounds and conditionings and, oh, this is the, the woman's job and I'm not respected. I'm not, you know, I'm not belonging to anywhere. Nobody loves me and blah, 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 blah. So we do those stories, don't we? And you were so good at regulating that, really celebrating yeah. what was going on in there in yeah. just a few moments and how you were able to own up your shit and really go back into your juicy, <laughs> coming down the stairs <laughs> mood and, and, and actually also sharing it as a, as a, as a win, as a, as a, um, yeah, as a celebration. I was the first first thing that came to me. I was like, oh gosh, you're one of those morning or you know, <laughs> morning people that I hate. You know, it's like kind of like, oh no, they're so happy in the morning. And you know, people talk it to me in the morning. So I haven't I haven't had coffee yet. <laughs> you know, it's just yes. if I want my own moment, that would be 2 a.m. You know, it's like kind of, you know, I need to, <laughs> especially in Finland, where's this, you know, sun is up at 2 a.m. So it's kind of um whoa. But I mean, it's it's interesting, you know, because we need to mm-hmm. know, know our own bodies and how we are, and yes. what how the mind tricks, and how you yes. know there is this a is process, it. you know, that you can there do is. is to kind of, yes. you know, as you said, you were yes. self regulating by you know sending mm-hmm. love to that part from your heart mm-hmm. that was really feeling wounded and not respected, and how you mm-hmm. kind of it's okay, it's okay, you know, this it's is okay, good. and yeah. laughing yeah. about it like we're we don't get to escape our humanity. We don't. Mm. And so it's like, okay, this is this is all part of who I am. Yeah. This is, you know, it's not who I am, but it's no. part of the fabric of what makes me me, you know. And I'm just thinking about that woman again that you mentioned before. Like I would invite her to get curious, just no agenda, to just play with it literally and see what comes from it. And, um, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think this has been a really wonderful episode. But what about when we go into archetypes, female bodies and how the psychology works when we go into the midlife, there is the maiden. There is the maiden who is the young, uh, beautiful, desirable, even sexuality, you know, is everybody wants to be the maiden and look like a 20-year-old. And and there's research that every man, regardless of their age, they desire sexually the 20 year old so so there's there's that thing and then you have the motherhood and you know the archetype of a mother and we know all about that we've been discussing it now as well and then there is the 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 crone you know the wise woman but what's the midlife woman called so who is she 
Yes. Who is she? Well, yes, I am just beginning to hit my stride now in my 50s. I mean, I'm well and truly in my 50s and I feel like I'm a baby still in terms of, wow, there's this sense of, yes, there are decades and decades behind me, you know, of experiences, Mm. wisdom, things that were great, not so great, everything in between, but really getting a sense of loving who I am in this body right now. Um, even in, as it's doing all sorts of interesting things, and um, but this sense of there's this 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 beautiful there's an empowerment about it, yes, and um and there is that term of the maga that is around mm. this midlife time, this wisdom, this insight, and joy and expression, perhaps our full expression, and stepping up into these amazing parts of leadership that all of a sudden are being presented to us as possibilities like right now in our lives, which I find incredibly exciting. The maga, the time of um, between the mother and 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 the crone, there's that. That term has been around, um, I don't know actually how long, and I don't know exactly who coined it, but I know here, for example, in Australia, there's a woman by the name of Jane Hardwick Collins who's am- who does amazing work, beautiful shamanic, deep, deep, beautiful work, and, and she speaks a lot about this. I know that that word has been hijacked, like in the United States. So there's this kind of oh, like no, no. a bit of a oh, I don't, I don't know about this word anymore. Do you know? Yes. So, yeah, words, words and phrases can be hijacked. So, and I know that you and I had this discussion once about this word, and, and then I mentioned the word maven because um, yeah, I yeah, heard yeah. these young girls say, "Oh, she's such a maven," and I'm like, "Oh, that, that's got this really positive connotation." Um, and yeah. and you looked up, you know, you looked into it, and it actually meaning, um, you know, someone with um, extraordinary experience in a particular yeah. area, and and I'm like, yes, we are in like, you know, the Ministry of Mavens. Do you yeah. know, I feel like this is this is <laughs> I do feel like a Maven. I feel like this this time of maven is is a time of revolution in a way yep. it's revolutionary being a maven yeah. personally i feel oh. and i actually love i love that word <laughs> so we we can start this little revolution yeah. You and I. <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely i love thank you for reminding me of that because maven when you when you said maven it it kind of felt in my heart it felt like ah oh, you know, there was a little relaxation there that, hmm, mm. that's good. That feels good. Because Marga, no, I don't I don't believe in making America great again. And I didn't believe the person who said it. So, you know, that's my political <laughs> stance. End of story now. But, you know, it's it is something that is important to feel good about. Uh about mm. the uh the stage of our lives and and kind of uh being menopausal. Or perimenopausal, it's it's not defining me. It's not my identity. It's not something that I want to be described as. But Maven having the experience and being able to kind of be in my magic is absolutely yes to me. Oh, I love that. <laughs> being in my magic. Yes. I love that too. And yeah, I exactly what you just said then. I felt really good in my body as well. When yeah. when that when I heard that word, I thought, well, what is that? Like what is the the meaning behind that word and ooh, yeah yeah mm. <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know whether you know I, I I'm not a young Jungian psychologist mm. in any kind of ways and but I've always been interested in that and I obviously work with with uh 
bringing in my coaching, I bring people back into integration, the sub-personalities of, of the critical minds and the inner mm. child and all that kind of work. And, and But for me, you know, I don't know if Maven is a, is a sub-personality, if it's an archetype, I don't know. But definitely uh, there, there, is, there is something that I would like us to explore more, you know, in terms of mm. the period of a, of a life of a woman and uh and and the sort of female bodies what does it mean to be in your mavenhood and it's not right. maidenhood because everybody's just going for you know i need to be 20 so that men desire me you know i need to have botox i need to have all these surgeries one of the most horrendous things i just read recently the most uh lucrative and most popular plastic surgery type is labia surgery because and it's younger and younger women think that their 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 vulva is not correct and it's uh, it it doesn't look like in porn you know those photoshopped uh, pussies you know and also no. there is a thing that uh, they are being told that if you have a problem with sex you need to have a labia surgery which means cutting your outer lips of your vulva mm. or the inner lips so that it it looks exactly like I don't know. Barbie or something, you know, who doesn't even have a proper vulva. So it's something that I I really feel passionate about that uh, obviously everything when you age and you lose collagen, your skin changes, everything changes and also your vulva changes. And it might not have been something that you were happy in the first place with, but surgery is not that. Sexuality and sex and pleasure has nothing to do with anatomy of a female labia. Mm. It's it's mm. something so much more. And I think if we can really encourage uh women at this stage to to, as you said, baby steps, little steps, you know, feeling oh. what's pleasurable. How does that feel in my body? Is that yes, no, or maybe, and maybe always being a no, you know, it's important to have that kind of agency and that kind of um uh, sovereignty where you where you are an agent of your own pleasure. You don't need to outsource it to somebody else. You don't need to compare yourself. You don't need to uh, be having surgery or or adding or reducing or you know just accepting and loving is is one of the biggest and most painful and most difficult <laughs> tasks or processes that a woman can have. Mm because of so many years of persecution, so many years of comparison, so many uh, centuries of not being worthy if you're not uh, securing yourself a husband, you don't belong if you're a single woman and not have a child. There, you know, And if you feel your sexual identity being something else, you know, even worse. It's so loaded, this space. It's not just about hormones. It's so much more. And I'm I'm kind of going Oof. down a rabbit hole now Oof. here. Please help me out. It's a here, good you know? one, girl. It's a good one. It's so good, this rabbit hole. Yes. Because um, I mean, yeah, like you said, it is it is enormous. The magnitude of this is is enormous. And so therefore I feel it needs to be treated with such reverence and tenderness, um, and immense love. And 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 it's going back to the basics. What are we taught? But like we don't even realize that we can have this agency around it, this sovereignty, like the words that you said. I think that this could even that can blow people's minds. Just that terminology itself. Like what? I can choose. 
But then it's like I can choose what to accept myself, what accept even the most seemingly unlovable parts of myself. Can I go there? I mean, this is like big, big stuff. Like we're not taught about all this sort of thing, you know, these sorts of things. I feel it's like, again, many conversations about that, what like normalising things, do you know? Like what does a normal vulva look like? What Because we see what looks normal on the outside and now, you know, midlife women, we're living longer. So, of course, we're needing our time, you know. We are here. <laughs> we yeah. are alive, well, and kicking well into decades to the future you know and that's I intend to be one of them right yeah forward and I hope I get to be a crone one day man am I gonna rock my cronies right that's my life goals like wildly beautiful but right now you know I'm still in um sometimes I feel like in my infancy with my midlife, especially when all sorts of interesting physical things are happening, when I thought, hang on, I thought I had a grip around that, right? But then this thing about, oh, that's happening to my body. Can I accept that? Like, for example, I mean, I'm not feeling this way, but I'm just going to say for the sake of it, like my hair, for example, I've got, you know, it's going grey and I've got these little white beards and it's like, it's beautiful. wow, it's changing right before my eyes, you know. Mm. <laughs> wow, do you know? Um, and so I can choose to go, whoa. That's getting really gray or wow, this is really interesting. And I'm feeling this is like an amazing part of my, you know, it's like an extension of my nervous system. So I'm going to treat her pretty fabulously, do you know? So it's just what we are exposed to and what we're not. But I feel that, um, yeah, acceptance is a huge one. Can we accept ourselves right now? how we are right this minute and and if it's a no can we find one tiny bit of ourselves that we can feel that we can lean into acceptance about yeah. and start from there Oof, you know as opposed as opposed to what's being projected on us and how we're supposed to be how we're supposed to look and how we're, how we're supposed to function yeah yeah, and look like. I mean, you know, that that this leaning into, I think it also needs to be modeled. And uh there's there's something you once told me about having been a midwife and you have seen so many vulvas. <laughs> many. <laughs> yeah. Many. Yeah, and, and and you see, you know, I mean, you know, um like almost like the fashion. Of evolvers. So if they um, want to keep their pubic hair or not pubic hair or, you know, just certain things that, that become popular or they're in, you know, into do, like what, what is beauty, you know? Yeah. Um, because we still want to be desirable and beautiful right even when we're having our babies, you know? And that's yeah. when we're true goddesses birthing these creatures. However, it's this still like, do I love myself? You know, can I love myself in all these interesting moments and it like everything changes like our bodies are nebulous they're changing all the time they're changing color all the time Mm -hmm. you know it's like you said you know we don't have this barbie vulva you know Mm -hmm. it's not like that do you Mm -hmm. know we are all sorts of orchids and dahlias and roses and you know tulips and all sorts of beautiful looking things and um but yeah if you can see it that's the vulva. If you don't see it, that's not the vulva. It's as simple as that. And so what you see is like, can we appreciate that, do you know? And we don't even go, we don't even look at ourselves, you know. We're not even, it's not even a thing that's taught. 
like, oh, get curious about your own anatomy. You know, we see our faces all the time, but we're using our bowels just as much, right? Or yeah. using that area, you know, a whole area that is that is connected. Yeah. And that gave me goosebumps. That. that gave me goosebumps when you said that there's uh, there's so many different flowers down there. And I I remember you saying that um that you actually gave compliments to your mothers about oh, their books. Yes. Oh yes, I think they're magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, you know. And and just as you would be able to see, you know, recognize yourself in the mirror, oh yeah, that's me. I feel like imagine that level of of intimacy even visually that you have with your own vulva. You could spot it out in a line, that's my one. You know? How, how did it how did that? it make these women feel? I'm curious when you when you gave them compliments. <laughs> I think um, it's more um were they able to accept quiet, it quiet um some yes some I've never heard of anything like that in their lives do you know just That's such a just, shame but again it's it's I feel um you know it's not what we're taught it's not something we go well you're just beautiful you're a beautiful person you have a beautiful, you know, it's like beautiful hands, you have a beautiful body, it's like you're you're a birthing goddess, you know. It's it's these are things that you know they're not in our language. So it can be a, a shock when you hear it for the first time. It's like, well, what is that person talking about? What do they mean? So they've got to, you know, there has to be a sense of safety. I feel like the, the women who are feeling safe with me, it's like, oh, okay, like I know she means it and she has no agenda. No, of and course not. So, so, and so therefore they can choose to let it in or not, or who knows, but. I yeah. really would love everybody, you know, to have that kind of reverence to their own vulvas, to be able to know it as well as their own face. You know, I really got inspired by that. And I, I was, a, I was quite young, I think when I started self-pleasuring and as a teenager you know it, it was something that i was very curious about so i've known my vulva always i know what she looks like when she's not turned on or turned on and and mm -hmm. it, i don't know whether it's the liberalism of the nordic countries or or i might just be weird but i would like to have that kind of reverence and and because there is so much shame there is so much mm -hmm. shame and you know there is this this expectation that it needs to look like in a certain way so how can we really have that uh, uh appreciation that uh vulva births babies it's uh it, it gives so much pleasure clitoris has ten thousand nerve endings to to give pleasure it's the only organ that's been designed for pleasure only so and it's so big as well it goes inside so it goes into the cervix it's just amazing organ and the whole engorged area of uh, the erogenous network is is just unbelievable and yet we know so little about it and it is so powerful mm. you know the whole whole vulva and vagina pussy is so powerful and yet it it's got so bad reputation you know to be called a pussy is, is an insult and there is this whole as you say revolution you know what does it not just in terms of our age but also even just as female bodies you know how do you celebrate your pussy i mean that's that's yeah. uh, you know who gives yeah. you compliments if not yourself looking in the mirror <laughs> or asking your partner what what do you what do you love about my pussy 
well, you know, I do love the 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 shape, the color, the the what do you like about the hair or non-hair or the smell or you know, just give me three things that you love my pussy of, you know, how she is. I mean, yeah. wouldn't that be amazing if it was like, you know, oh, you've got such beautiful lips, you know, or your 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 eyes are so wonderful, you know? Why why not also compliment bulbs? <laughs> Oh, goodness. Exactly. But I think you definitely touched on something about like culturally, you know, definitely each culture would have its own way of doing, seeing things. And and so, you know, there can be e- easy um, misunderstandings between cultures as well. Like why we're doing this, why can't that, you know, it's like. No, I know, I know. Again, it's, yeah. part, of, it's part of, yeah, the acceptance thing. So um, Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's what I, what I mean. Yeah. I, I really, you know, yeah. for me, when, when I heard about these things, I was quite shocked. Because for me, having grown up in culture that accepts nakedness, different bodies, uh, the whole sauna culture, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's not sexualized. It's not. There's no hidden yeah. agenda. You know, it's a ritual in a way. It's actually more spiritual than anything else. And it's where you you get your worries and you just leave everything and you just you know have that me time or family time or with friends you know you sit in a sauna and talk about everything that bothers you and and open up and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very different culture and um, but I think with vulvas I think and the same goes goes with penises you know they're so myriad so varied so different mm-hmm. And uh, we need to celebrate, you know, what's there. And they all have very different dynamics, very different. <laughs> you know, just you know, it's just there's so much there that needs celebrating. That's that's my my. Yes, yes, exactly. Whether you maven so or <laughs> warrior or a, or a maiden or crone, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, every step of the way. Yeah, no bypassing any of it. Yeah, it's celebrating. And yeah, every little win, you know, is worthy of a celebration. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. As always, such a pleasure to talk with you and your your experience, your mavenhood, your your beauty and your celebration, your little moments of of looking after yourself that become a massive stream and and impact everybody around you even here i can feel the energy the the juiciness the succulence of you <laughs> the radiance of lisa tosha so i'm really really honored to have had this call finally with you and i hope all goes well in the in the mayhem of the of the, of the family yes. as you say and uh, it's night time there so i hope you can sleep well and uh, yes. and your winter will go beautifully Oh, thank you. And I've loved having this chat with you and bless you and yeah, have a wonderful summer. (laughs) Thank you so much. That was a really amazing episode with Lisa Tosha from Australia. I really love the idea of mavenhood and having tap on pleasure and that succulency, whatever age or gender you are. So I hope you got inspiration from that and, uh, and celebrate your little wins and your big wins. If you are interested in actually putting all this into practice, I invite you to go to the show notes and find the link for the pleasure quest. It's a two-week pleasure quest where I'm going to send you audios, juicy, succulent, amazing meditations with a secret sauce 
called sex involved as well. So you can really learn and put into practice all the tantric sex tools that I've been talking about in these episodes. And there's also an amazing sex magic bonus audio where you can really manifest what you desire. My name is Anne Blunt, your tantric sex and relationship coach and a host of this explicit, open and honest podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. Thank you for listening.